Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Job Pod with Youth Employment Services, a podcast where we talk about employment and how to get a job. My name is Maureen Morrison, and I'm an employment facilitator with Youth Employment Services. And today I'm here with Jared McKediak, who is the station manager for the UMFM radio station. Jared, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? So, as you said, my name is Jared McKediak. I am the station manager at UMFM 101.5. We're the campus community radio station located at the Fort Garry campus of the University of Manitoba. We are a not-for-profit organization that is predominantly staffed and operated by a team of Uh, Approximately 100 to 125 volunteers, and uh, I've been been working at the station now for 20 years. Great, and obviously you've been at UMFM for quite a long time, but it wasn't your first job. So can you tell us a little about what your first job was and what kind of skills you learned in that job? that you bring to your role now as the station manager at UMFM? So my first job uh, was when I was 14 years old. Uh, I grew up in a small town in uh, southern Manitoba called Carmen. And my first experience with actual gainful paid employment was running the concession stand at the Carmen Pool. So I did that for a couple summers, and I learned a lot of really great skills, actually. Some uh, organizational skills, obviously, but I learned how to keep and maintain an inventory. I was charged with, obviously, handling money, and so learning how to do a balance sheet and sort of cash in and cash out at the uh, end of every day and obviously learning uh, customer service skills for the, or employing customer service skills for the first time would, would be sort of the big ones that, uh, that I still use to this day. And what kind of training or specific experiences that you've had have allowed you to get the job that you currently have? Honestly, so UMFM, as I mentioned, is predominantly run by volunteers. And so we take in folks from all walks of life, from people who are very, very experienced in in the world of sound editing or broadcasting, conducting interviews, uh, the technical aspects that are needed at the radio station to people who have absolutely no skills at all when they walk through our doors. We have a fairly comprehensive training program, uh, a graduated training system that all volunteers, no matter their abilities, have to go through. And so we have a way that, you know, we would like to see things run. And so any new volunteer at the station does have to go through that. And uh, we've, we've had pretty great success thus far. And, you know, we like to pride ourselves on the ability to be able to, I guess, integrate anybody into our radio family. And I know that a number of the staff at UMFM actually started out in volunteer capacities. So when you started, did you start as a volunteer or did you jump straight into a staff role? 
I was actually working at a record store. And when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a broadcaster. Uh, I wanted to, to be a sports broadcaster. And so when it came time, I graduated high school, I had two sort of career paths in mind. I was either going to go into communications, which would have included broadcasting, or I was going to go into computer science. And so at the time, we were in the midst of, of the real sort of heart of the dot-com boom, and there were tons and tons of jobs in computer-related fields. And so I chose to go down that path because I figured it was the easiest and sort of most ideal way for finding a job post, uh, post-graduation. And so I always kind of kept the communications thing in the back of my mind and went through, got my comp sci degree, was working. And after, I would say, a couple of, couple of years sort of working in a really, really hardcore environment, I kind of started to get burned out. And so I quit my job and was looking for employment and ended up working at a record store in downtown Winnipeg. And one night, one of my coworkers, who was a volunteer at UMFM, needed a a co-host for her show. And I volunteered, said, hey, yeah, I'll come do that, whatever. I've always wanted to, to be on the radio. I love the sound of my own voice. And so, you know, I walked through those doors and basically never left. After after our hour on air that day, the station manager at the time came out and, and said, hey, you know, you seem to really be comfortable behind a mic. You seem to be knowledgeable and, and know what you're talking about. We're always looking for volunteers. Would you like to, to just sort of join our team? And like I said, I've never left. I mean, at the time, obviously... I didn't really know what what it was going to turn into, but after volunteering for, I want to say, maybe 18 months, there was a position that came open as, uh, I think at the time it was like the assistant program director or associate program director, and I applied and was lucky enough to get the job, and that kind of started me down the path uh, to where I am now. Nice. And obviously you had some strengths in that role because you not only stayed with the organization, you also kind of moved up to become the station manager now. So what kind of strengths do you have that have helped you succeed along the way in your various roles and have helped you succeed in your current role as well? Well, I think sort of first and foremost, because I deal with predominantly volunteers it's people skills and and sort of learning how to manage the needs of people from all walks of life because when they're coming to UMFM they're coming in with a passion for being able to spread whatever sort of uh, message and whatever sort of love has brought them to the station and they're doing so in their own free time, they're not being paid for being at the station. And so learning how to keep volunteers happy 
and and keep people coming back because they're really the lifeblood of what we do. And without the volunteers, there would be no UMFM. And so learning how to be flexible in terms of needs and, you know, it's, it's, I've been, I've been a manager at, I would say 85% of the jobs that I've worked or I've, like I said, managed myself with that first job. And so knowing how to navigate how people are feeling, you know, recognizing that sometimes people can't come to work, people are off for prolonged periods of time. In a normal employment setting, you know, sometimes you have other volunteer or sorry, other employees who can pick up the slack, you know, sometimes maybe you're able to hire other folks. But with volunteers, you can't really start to reprimand them in the same same way that you would an employee because you're not paying them to be there. And so you have to, I guess, take a little bit more care and be a little bit more understanding of all the different scenarios and situations that come up. And, and ultimately, it's something that they're coming through our doors because they, they love to do it. And so I don't want to burn them out on that love. I don't want them to end up resenting me or the other staff or their fellow volunteers. And I don't want to see them lose the fire for whatever brought them to UMFM in the first place. And so I think that the major thing is, is sort of being understanding and, and sort of working with the volunteer to, to sort of get the most out of their experience there and make sure that they're, they're coming back and that they're happy to be part of what we're doing. And then on the flip side of that, what are some of the weaknesses that you've had to work on to be successful in your career? Uh, uh, I would love to tell you that there's nothing, but we all know that that's not the case. I have a propensity to say yes to everything. Um, I want to, I don't like confrontation and I want to be able to be everything for everybody. And so I overextend myself and, and I am maybe a little bit too forgiving when it comes to uh, scenarios that, that come up. But at the end of the day, I'm a pretty easygoing guy and I, I want people to first and foremost enjoy what they're doing and I want them to, to trust that I have their back. And so, you know, I don't say no a lot to, to volunteers or to different partners and, you know, sometimes that gets me into a bit of trouble. I want to be able to sort of think outside the box and and try new ideas that are presented to us when realistically I should recognize that this is going to be more of a pain than maybe it's worth and I'm going to end up, you know, working late nights trying to figure this out or working on the weekends trying to figure this out and that causes a lot of delicate sort of work home life balance that you know i'm sure that my family might attest that i'm pretty much on call 
all the time. And there have been instances where I'm answering phone calls or or sort of dealing with volunteer issues that arise at on holidays, at family dinners, and you know, thankfully. I've got the support of my family and, and they recognize that I love what I do and I love the people who come and volunteer for me, but I'm sure that it gets frustrating for them sometimes too, so. And I heard from a little bird once that you have actually been known to sleep at the radio station during your annual fundraising event. Yes. <laughs> That's dedication. Uh, you must really love what you do because I don't know very many people who would actually go as far as to sleep at their job to make sure that an event goes well. Yeah. So we do an annual fundraiser called Pledgerama and it runs for a week every October. This year might be a little bit different because of the whole sort of COVID situation. We're still trying to figure out how we can do that. But basically, it is an old style PBS telethon. And we ask the public and, and our listeners and supporters for, for donations to sort of help the station execute different projects that we're undertaking or to, to raise money for our general, general operating fund. And so... I think last year, over those eight days, I clocked, I want to say, six or seven days of working 18 hours a day and kind of, you know, sneaking away for a nap or sleeping there, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm asking my volunteers to to give a lot. And so I think that it's important to demonstrate to them that I am also giving a lot. So Absolutely. And I know for me, seeing leadership lead by example is something that really helps motivate me in the work that I do. So I think it's awesome that you do that. And to kind of round off today, what kind of advice do you have for people who are interested in doing the work that you do? What advice do you have for someone who's interested in broadcasting or radio? Uh, and also just kind of those, those management roles within the communications area. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. There are not a lot of jobs in broadcasting and radio in Winnipeg. We're a relatively small market and it seems like the number of jobs shrinks every year. I don't know if you knew this, but but radio isn't exactly a super hot medium right now. What with the technological advances and streaming and 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 on-demand content and podcasts and services like Spotify or Google Music, people are turning to a lot of different avenues now to find their content. And it seems like everybody and their dog has a podcast and, and it's great, right? I mean, as somebody who loves to consume new music and opinions and things like that, right? I think that we are at a all time high in terms of being able to access that stuff. But the thing is, is that radio I find is, is kind of a bedrock of uh, of the media sort of society and radio has been around for over a hundred years. And I think that it's always going to be there in some way, shape or form, 
That said, the number of jobs decreases each and every year. And it seems like in Winnipeg, especially if you want to be an announcer, presenter, the person behind the mic that you're hearing, you know, in, in your car, seem to cycle between the same sort of 20 to 25 people. And you'll see personalities who will jump from one station to the next station to the next station. And there isn't a lot of opportunity for new folks to sort of get their foot in the door. That said, what I always sort of impart on on my volunteers when they're coming coming in and saying, hey, I want to be on the radio, is learn the skills that make you sort of essential behind the scenes first and diversify and, you know, be able to do five different things rather than just focusing on one thing. So learn how to do interviews, learn how to do the research and, and chase guests to get them to, to come on, learn how to do voiceover work, learn how to edit tape, learn how to put ads together, you know, make yourself an essential part of any team. And you're going to find that it's a lot easier to, to find those jobs. You know, we've always had this policy that we will inevitably be a launching pad for certain people, right? They'll come in, they'll access what we do because it's a free service. If working radio station, we we have beautiful facilities that are second to none in the city here. And we have had some people come in, take advantage, build their CV on work that they've done with us. And then, you know, six or eight months later, they're gone and they're looking for greener pastures or paying jobs or whatnot. That's fine with me because I feel like there's going to be more people who are coming in who want to do what we do. But also, you know, it gives me a small sense of pride that we've helped somebody to achieve a goal that they want. If somebody's looking to get into broadcasting, there are a couple of different avenues. You know, in Winnipeg, there are a couple of different broadcast schools. I know that there used to be one at Herzing. I tell people that before you shell out money and you get involved with one of those, you know, one-year or two-year programs, go and volunteer at one of the community radio stations. There's three of them in town. There's uh, ourselves, there's CKUW at the University of Winnipeg, and then there's also a community station called CJNU. Go volunteer and sort of see what it's all about. See if it's something that you think you're interested in or that you're actually interested in and get a sense of what goes on behind the scenes and get a sense on the things that you like to do and maybe some of the things that you don't like to do. And then if you find after volunteering for a year that it's it's a path you want to pursue, then put down put the put put your money where your mouth is and, and kind of follow along that way rather than shelling out fifteen fifteen thousand dollars and then getting your diploma or your certificate or your degree and realizing that there aren't as many opportunities here as you would like to have. So 
That's awesome. Yeah, we're huge, huge advocates of volunteering, not only to try something out, but also to get your foot in the door somewhere. We think it is such a great way to learn more about a new career or just try out to learn some new skills, uh, especially because going into post-secondary can be a pretty big commitment. And it's always nice to know for sure that that's something that you actually want to do before you commit to, say, doing a two or three year diploma and putting a lot of money into that. So thanks for being on the show today and thanks for bringing that up with us. And if you are listening and you're interested in volunteering with UMFM, you can find them at umfm.com and you can also just listen to their programming there. And if you're interested in talking with one of our employment facilitators at YES, you can find us at esmb.ca. And from there, you can go to our contact us page to find us and chat with us more about your career options or post-secondary exploration. Thanks for joining us on the Job Pod. 